welcome to the official podcast of FCS Fans Nation with your hosts, Kyler Neal, Matthew Frazee, and Lawrence Smith. Ah, FCS Fans Nation. It is your unbiased Bison admin, Matthew Frazee, at it again. Coming straight into your car, into your living room, wherever you're listening to this podcast, we are back. And we are on one of the best topics that people love and people hate, preseason top 25 polls. I am joined, as always, with Mr. Lawrence Smith, James, hello Duke Dog himself, and Mr. Kyler Neal, Screeching Swoop Eagle. Gentlemen, Lawrence, how are we doing tonight? Got myself hooked up with a fancy microphone so I can sound sexy smooth for all of our listeners out there and uh, hope that brings some quality to this year's podcast that we were missing last year. Lawrence, you sound outstanding. You informed me of this mic purchase, and now after hearing it, I'm so glad that Amazon Prime is hooking me up in two days because you sound good, man. Kyler, how are you feeling today? Well, I don't sound as good as Lawrence, and I was pretty sick this morning, but not sick enough to not open a Dos Equis, so oh well. <laughs> Outstanding. See, with Kyler, you're just like those Eastern Washington Eagles. You may be injured, you may be down, but you just show up and play some damn good ball and record some damn good podcasts. So Next very reflective up. of your squad. Amazing. We try. We try. Awesome, guys. All right, so let's kick right into it because we are on some people's favorite topics and some people's most hated topics, the preseason polls. I'm sure some hate it because it's all guessing, we don't know, let's let the field do the talking. And some love it because it just means that football season's around the corner, gives us something to talk about besides baseball and other things that are happening right now. So the two polls we're going to be focusing on tonight, guys, is going to be the Hero Sports Top 25 and the Athlon Sports Top 25. Both those polls have dropped within the last month, and it's time that we as the FCS Fans Nation admins jump in and kind of debate and discuss what we know of these polls. So let's kick right into it. Um, I'm going to go through a real quick recap of Hero's Top 25, and we'll discuss that one first, and then we'll go right into Athlon Sports. So we're going to start off with Hero, you know, with Sam Herter and Mr. Brian McLaughlin and those great, great individuals who hook us up with all this preseason and in-season information. They start us off numbers one through five with JMU, North Dakota State, UC Davis, Maine, and SDSU. Rounding out into their top 10 is going to be Jacksonville State, Eastern Washington, Wofford, Illinois State, and Towson. We then get into like that 11 to 20 stretch, and we go from Weber State, Elon, Nichols, Montana State, Furman, Central Arkansas is back in there. The Ivy League Yale shows up at number 17. The Sycamores of Indiana State with a big bounce back season last year after being winless are at number 18. Then it's Chattanooga and a familiar face, Sam Houston at number 20. Rounding out the final of the top 25 is Alcorn State, number 21. Kennesaw State, Princeton, Eastern Kentucky, and finishing the top 25 for Hero Sports is the Citadel. So guys, after hearing that and obviously looking into it a little bit, I'll start with you, Kyler. How do you feel as a whole about the Hero Sports poll and how they decided to put it together for the 20 
2019 season? So I'll be pretty frank. I think there's a lot of good things to it. Um, but compared to their last year's season's poll that they put out, I actually think there's a lot of flaws to this. And maybe I'm wrong because um, it's you know just not shaping out to be what my 25 at all looks like. So maybe I have a little bit of bias towards my top 25 compared to theirs. Um, but I'm, I'm a little critical of it. And I think they... They issued their top 25 a little too soon. You know, they're doing this awesome, phenomenal team series where they're doing like three teams a day. And we're learning a lot of information about the teams of who they're returning. And I think they missed a couple things because they jumped the gun on the top 25 without doing more research as we go on to the season. So I'm not going to flaw them because a lot of it's good, but it's not matching up to what mine is. So I'll be honest, and I don't think they would mind the criticism. I don't think it's the best out there. So a little critical there, the Hero Sports. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Lawrence, what do you think about Hero Sports and their top 25? My opinion of Hero Sports in general is very high. I think uh, Brian and Sam are two of the most dedicated uh, reporters out there when it comes to our subdivision that we love. Um, They have a really good track record in my mind as well. So when they put out their poll i have a a tendency to use it to kind of base my own opinions because i know they've done the research i know that uh you know they've they've dug deep um i do agree with kyler when he says that maybe it was out a little bit early and there could be some flaws because of that but i'm very happy with their poll in general awesome um breaking it down a little bit guys because I think it almost becomes a little bit of a guessing game when we get down to 11 through 25. I think that's where it gets really, really difficult. Um, How do you see Hero Sports within that top 10 of how they they rank those teams? Lawrence, do you still kind of have a high opinion of just the top 10 in general from JMU all the way down to Towson there at number 10? I think their top 10 is their strongest part of the poll. Um, I don't know if you're ready to get into specifically what we agree with or not, um, but if you want, I can I can run into that. Yeah, we'll we'll hop into that a little bit. I yeah, let's just roll right with that. What about the top ten specifically on that heroes top twenty five? Are you impressed by? I'm actually going to go the opposite direction first because that's what my notes say. <laughs> Perfect. Let's do it. <laughs> the the two that I disagree with, um, obviously, Eastern Washington at seven is kind of like comically low in my mind. Kyler will probably be the first to tell you that when Hero posted this poll, he commented and told them, hey, you're wrong about how many uh, players with experience the Eagles are bringing back. And they're like, oh yeah, you're right. We should think about that more. And then they didn't really change anything. So... I definitely have Eastern way higher. In fact, in my personal poll, the Eagles are number one. So I think putting them at seven is is a bit of a disservice to Eastern Washington. The other one that I disagree with is putting Maine all the way up at number four. I think they are potentially a top 10 team, but putting them in the top five just kind of seems generous to me. Awesome. Two two things that you disagree with with Hero there. Sam and Brian, I know, listen to our podcast, so I'm sure they'll be ready to defend themselves, hopefully on the next podcast, which 
They've so graciously agreed to at some point joining us, which is going to be great. Kyler, when it comes to hero, kind of two things that you may disagree with and how you view that top 10. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of good things to the top 10, but like Lauren said, there, there's definitely a couple bad. I'm not even going to talk about Eastern because people will call me, you know, Eastern bias, even though I think, you know, number seven is a slap in the face. But um, the two I really don't like is Lawrence already brought it up. Main at number four, they're losing their coaching staff, like most of their coaching staff. And I'm not a big person who's like, oh, when you lose your whole coaching staff and you haven't been a proven team, you're just going to be able to you know, bounce back on any type of new playbook and be able to succeed. I get they return a lot of talent, but I don't like having new coaches when you haven't been a you know, successful team in the past. I don't like having them ranked up that high. Also, I am not a fan of Illinois State at number nine. They are always in the top 10 in the preseason ranking for a majority of polls, and they never quite make it. They're reliving that 2014 year where Illinois State was really good. And they have not lived up to the hype ever since. And I don't think anything's going to change. I think Illinois State's going to start off the bat really hot, win probably five games, maybe go six and one. Then they're going to fall apart like they always do. I don't think they deserve a number nine spot, especially without what making the playoffs in three years. And then you're going to put them all the way up to number nine. Yeah, I, I think that's a bad, bad call. Two heavy disagreements. I love it, guys. That's the power of that top 25 polls. Individuals like yourselves, you'll be able to view it differently, skew it differently. And you both gave really good reasons of why those things could switch around. I'm sure the hero guys would agree with you. There's always a way to move it based off of your own opinions. But let's not give them too much of the disagreement because we did give some positives on our agenda tonight. How about some things you agree with with that hero sports top 25 poll? I'm looking for at least two of them. And I'll just start with you, Kyler, again. What are two things about Hero Sports that you really like with their poll? I absolutely love UC Davis being in the top three. Um, actually, anywhere in the top four, I can see them being all the way at number one. They have a great coach at the FCS level. Dan Hawkins has proven himself. They return pretty much everyone besides, you know, Doss, who, of course, is hard to replace. But the type of talent that they were bringing in under, you know, Dan Hawkins the last couple of years, um, and it's in a California recruiting hotbed, I don't think they're going to be able to, you know, I don't think it's going to be that difficult to replace Doss, especially with a senior quarterback like Jake Mayer. I love UC Davis's picket, you know, within the top four. So I think Hero Sports did a phenomenal job with that. And I actually really like Jacksonville State at number six. You know, I'm not a fan that they're above Eastern, but I like the placement of Jacksonville State. You know, they haven't lived up to the hype in recent years. You know, they've lived up a little better than Illinois State. But this is a very talented squad that Jacksonville State's bringing back. I would say it's one of the most talented rosters in the FCS. And as long as they can clean up some of their mistakes that they make, um, you know, turning the ball over, penalties, they are a true threat to be a semifinal type contender. I, I love the talent that Jacksonville State has, and I love the placement of them putting them right at number six. Awesome. To total agreement with me on that side of the house. I've got my own agreement, disagreement, I'll say for at the end, but. Those are really good points. Lawrence, yourself with that Hero Sports Top 25, let's give it some compliments here. Number 14, Montana State. Uh, I think Montana State could have a, a really good year this year. Don't have a terribly difficult schedule. Um, honestly, they could end up being you know a, a top eight seed by the end of the season. I think 14, 15 is, is kind of a fair placement for them. And I, 
I'm excited to see the Bobcats grow uh, into the top 10 as the season goes on. Awesome. Awesome. Um, myself personally, I just, I'll throw out one of each. Uh, my big disagreement, actually, it's not a really big one, but I'm not sold on Weber State this year because of the loss of its defensive unit, which seems to be its strength. I know it brings the majority of its offense back, but I don't know if that's what it really relies on. Um, so just based off the style and that, I actually like Weber State to be lower. Along with Elon, with losing their head coach to James Madison, I think that'll be a big thing to overcome for them despite the talent that returns. Basically, I would take Nichols, Montana State, and Furman bump them up to 11, 12, 13, and I'd move those other two down. Uh, just because I, I like those three squads and not the other two. Kind of just a ticky-tacky, knick-knack thing, but I really like it. So, And the thing that I absolutely love, I actually 100% disagree with you guys. I love Maine at number four. I think it's nothing more than name recognition of why that team is is being not allowed to be in a top five, top four in most people's eyes. Um, they return the majority of everything, minus a few defensive players. Their quarterback comes back. They lose their coaching staff. But if you want to talk about quarterback questions and coaching staff, and you want to talk about turnover, I mean, I could talk about South Dakota State, North Dakota State, James Madison, other teams all day long. So I like Maine. I think just because it's the Black Bears, that's why they're showing not a lot of respect. So I love that Hero Sports put them there at number four. So those are going to be my love and hates for Heroes. And with that, guys, I'd love to roll right in to Athlon Sports. So it definitely has some familiar faces, but definitely a different order. So we're going to go real quick through these again with our top five, North Dakota State, James Madison, South Dakota State, Eastern, and UC Davis. Moving down with Maine, Jacksonville State, Montana State, Weber, and Wofford. Going with our 11 through 20. Uh, Craig Haley and all them in Athlon has Towson, Illinois State, Nichols, Kennesaw State at 14, the Sycamores, Indiana State at 15, Furman, Familiar Face, UNI at 17, Colgate at 18, Southeast Missouri, and Sam Houston State. Hero and Athlon both have them at 20. And rounding it out, he has Elon at 21, McNeese at 22, Montana 23, Delaware, and North Carolina A&T. So actually a few different faces throughout that bottom part and some big gaps in between the Heroes and Athlon portion. So I'll start with you, Kyler, with that Athlon Top 25. What do you think of it as a whole? And then why don't you give me uh, two agreements that you actually like about it right off the bat? Yeah, so this is totally weird because last year I was a, a big fan of the Hero Sports Top 25 you know, preseason poll, and I was not a big fan of the Athlon. It is completely changed. Athlon is lining up more towards what I would rank teams in the top 25. So I actually really like the Athlon sports poll. Now, of course, maybe I'm going to be wrong at the end of the day. Who knows? But I, I'm a fan of this poll, and there's not really – I, I want to pick apart. Um, you know, I I like a lot of it. I, um, some of the things I do like is I like how Elon is, is way back at 21. I think they should still be ranked because they bring back a lot of talent. But the loss of Kurt Signetti – is huge. And if people are going to put them closer to the top 10, I don't think they're really realizing how, how good of a coach Kirk Signetti could be um, and why he was possibly the difference maker on that team. JMU was way more talented than Elon last year. And I, I believe the coaching level was the reason why Elon was able to beat JMU at the end of the day. I also love, um, you know, 19 and 20 spots. I love SEMO being ranked. They bring back a lot of talent. They were a playoff team last year who got a win, um, and they played 
well, who was it? Weber, pretty tough for, for at least, you know, three quarters. Um, or was it Maine? It was, yeah, it was, I think Weber. Um, yep. Weber. Yeah. yeah they, they played him really tough three quarters and they're bringing back a lot of talent. And I really love Sam Houston. Now hero sports put Sam Houston at 22. So I just love that pick in general. Sam Houston is a program that I don't believe will, you know, stay down for a long time. So having them back up in the top 20, I think is respectable and they bring back some, some big talent. And I think, Sam Houston is going to make its name again. You know, I think they'll be a playoff team. They'll probably be very competitive with the top half of the Southland, if not, you know, competing for the Southland championship. So I actually love um, a majority of Athlon's picks. Awesome. Really good analysis of that top 25. Lawrence, the positives of Athlon and your overall opinion. My overall opinion is that just like Hero Sports is a very good poll. It does differ from the hero poll, but it's not hard to understand why either poll ranked the teams where they did. My biggest criticism with the Athlon poll is that South Dakota State is number three. Um, I think they're kind of riding on a reputation right now and also riding on North Dakota State's coattails. It's like, you play North Dakota state tough because you see him every year and your ranking reflects that even though you, you lost. Um, I think it might be a little bit of a down year for South Dakota state. And when I say that, I don't mean like they're going to win four games all year, but I don't think they're going to be a semifinal team this year. So I can't put them in my top four. Um, one ranking that I actually kind of like though, and I've gone back and forth on this one, but today I like it, is Kennesaw State at number 14. I don't think they are one of the 15 best teams in the country right now, but if you use this poll as like a playoff projection sort of thing, Kennesaw State's going to have a really easy conference schedule this year. They'll probably go undefeated. And because of that, they're going to work their way into the top 10. That's just the way it's going to be. So having them right there kind of on the outside of the top 10 is good placement for me preseason. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's it's interesting what you say about South Dakota State when it comes to how you feel about them. And similar to many teams, it's going to rely a lot on the quarterback. Like, you, you know, you don't doubt talent and things that are around it. But especially if that quarterback play is not effective, and right now it's looking like a redshirt freshman will be starting for them. Uh, North Dakota State is up in the air, but that sounds similar too you know, that could really throw a team off. So awesome analysis of Kennesaw, great stuff. Um, overall, though, uh, in terms of the Athlon sports poll and its style, what do you see, Kyler, of a difference of what Athlon did and Hero did? Like, how would you say they did it this way, they did it that way, and why is that important? You know, I, I don't really have a good comment on, you know, why why they did it this way compared to where why hero sports did it their way i mean i mean these guys on athlon sports and hero sports like lauren said in the beginning are some of the most knowledgeable people in the fcs you know they definitely do their due diligence um and they have a they have a reason for ranking teams where they rank them um i i think in my opinion just athlons screams out a little bit more accurate to me but of course i could be wrong but i don't i don't think any one of them completely went off the edge and, and did it wrong. It's, it's all just opinion based right now. Cause 
honestly, the season hasn't started. We, we really don't know how these teams are going to do it. It's just projections. Yeah, absolutely. Um, myself, personally, I just love about Athlon Sports uh, that they didn't put much guesswork into like that top five range. Well, I think Maine could be up there. Um, they kind of just rested on, okay, this is what they've shown us. This is what I know. And I'm going to go with a, a solid top five where hero is definitely more of that predictive style, which can pay off in the end of saying, I told you so, but can also burn you pretty bad. See a new Hampshire last year or teams in the past. So I, I really like that about them with a, their just strong, sturdy top five. Um, I really, really, um, am surprised that Indiana state still is at 15 instead of some of these other teams. Um, I'm really impressed by Indiana state of what they did last year, almost making the playoffs. That is a team that in the Missouri Valley um, returns their quarterback, Ryan Boyle, who's a stud. They have this linebacker, Jonas Griffith, who's just an absolute beast. The guy just looks like an NFL player. But most people don't know that they're at Kansas, which, I mean, could be winnable. And then they have three home out-of-conference games. They're at home against SDSU. They're at home against Youngstown State. They don't play North Dakota State. Preseason, I think 15 is okay. Um, but I think Indiana State's going to rise up and will be a surprise team. So not really a complaint, but I, I think they're going to shock people a little bit. So awesome stuff, guys. So overall, thank you to Hero Sports and Athlon Sports for putting together these top 25 polls, allowing us to dissect them. We really appreciate it. Uh, like we said, we've been in communication with Brian McLaughlin and Sam Herter. We're probably going to be having them on, hopefully on our next podcast, for some fact or fiction. So we'll give them a chance to defend themselves when they come on for their Hero Sports rankings. So. All right, guys, so let's do a little bit of predictive stuff ourselves, and let's jump into some of our fan page questions, as everybody knows who listens to us. FCS Fans Nation on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that's where we get our questions for our podcast, and we have a few of them for us tonight, but first we're going to do an absolute lock segment. So looking at this top 25, guys, we currently have Athlon Sports with NDSU, JMU, South Dakota State and Eastern Washington as their top four. Hero has James Madison, North Dakota State, UC Davis, and Maine. So starting with heroes, Kyler, I want to know out of JMU, NDSU, UC Davis, and Maine, who is an absolute lock for a top four seed and to be a semifinal team? Two, two parts, top four and a semifinal team. JMU, NDSU, Davis, or Maine? Um, I I would say JMU is probably the lock, um, but I think UC Davis is a close second for a lock. And those are the only two that I would say are a lock right now. Awesome. I'm glad that you gave two. It's going to kind of roll into my next segment. So uh, Lawrence, an absolute lock out of the JMU, NDSU, Davis, and Maine, and a second one if you had one too. I just did uh when when I saw the question you wrote I did two teams that were an absolute lock uh in my opinion I didn't go by either of the polls. So my two teams there are North Dakota State and Eastern Washington last year's championship teams. Awesome. A little bit of a combination with, you know, Hero did not include Eastern Washington while they should rise up pretty quick. Um Athlon did have both North Dakota State and Eastern Washington. So um the reason So oh, go ahead, Lawrence. I was going to say my reasoning for that. Um, I think both of those squads, uh, you know, of course we know North Dakota state traditionally has been able to, to reload and rebound even when losing a stud quarterback 
losing a stud coach. Um, Eastern Washington returns a lot of talent from that playoff run last year. They've got their own incredible coach uh, coming back. I think both of these teams also are looking at possibly their easiest schedule in the last few years ahead of them. All that combines to me to say that these two teams will quite likely be hosting this, uh, their own semifinal games come December. If not hosting, I think both these teams will definitely be there. Awesome, awesome. And let's take a little look into uh, my personal favorite thing. As you guys all know and listeners know, I love historical data, and that drives my narratives for the future. And I like to look a decade past. So I researched the last decades, going back to 2008, so I'm not including 2019 since the official one's not out right now. All the way back to 2008, I did the top four seeds in the preseason poll that then made the semifinals. And what I found was overwhelming, besides one year, at least two of them do not make the semifinals from the preseason poll. Um I'm going to give you the year and the number of teams that did not make the semifinals out of the top four. 2008, two. 2009, two. 2010, three. 2011, three. 2012, two. 2013, two. 2014, two. 2015, two. 2016, three. 2017, they nailed it. JMU, NDSU, Sam Houston, South Dakota State. And last year, two. NDSU, James Madison, South Dakota State, and Sam Houston were your preseason Top four, only two made the semifinals. Basically, 50% of the four, which you know isn't that overwhelming, of the top four that comes out in the official poll, whether your team is in there or not, it's not like you can just be like, oh, yeah, going to be a good year. Because the last decade has shown us that statistically, probably two of those teams aren't making the semifinals, regardless of what their playoff seed is. So... Preseason polls are fun, uh, but they every single year they at least got one right, which is good. So it is kind of a 50-50 shot. We'll have to see how it plays out. So um, dude, you guys feel more comfortable with your team uh, going forward next year? Sometimes fans are like, man, I wish we weren't even that high. There's too much pressure. Or do you like when your team's like up there right away? How do you feel about that, Lawrence? Do you want the, the motivation to stay there? Or do you, would you rather be underestimated? No, put me in the top. Uh, put me in the top spot at the beginning of the season. Uh, I like my team to go out and play with the confidence of we're the best, and we're going to show you why. Awesome, Kyler. How would you like your team there, the Eagles, to to see those initial top twenty fives? Oh, for sure. Uh, um, I'm kind of like Lawrence on this one. Um, I want our team to come out confident. You know, prove they are one of the best. And I mean, they pretty much have all decade. Um, you know, what is it? Six or five semifinal appearances in the last eight years, nine years, something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I think I would rather Eastern Washington be ranked a little higher. I, I like the pressure. I think it's fun. Awesome. Give us the pressure. Give us the heat. That's the way to do it. You guys never back down from a challenge. I love it. So let's roll a little bit into our FCS Fans Nation questions, guys. This is going to be the first ones that we knock out this year because our last podcast didn't have any fan questions. Um, as you know, moving forward, when we do our weekly podcast, when it's not the off season, starting in week zero, the week before kickoff, uh, we will always drive our 
podcast narrative with fan questions. So make sure you submit them under our posts on the Facebook group, FCS Football Fans Nation, and get your voice out there because shout-outs are guaranteed. And I'm going to kick us off right away, guys, with kind of an easy one because it's based off of what we literally just discussed. But Elijah Pierre, Mr. Kennesaw State, Al Screeching, turn his head all the way around, fanatic of Kennesaw himself. Plank. He wants to know which poll do the admins believe is the most accurate? Would that be the Hero Sports poll or the Athlon poll? So, Kyler, I think you kind of already gave this away, but which one for Elijah do you think is best for him to look at? Honestly, I think the FCS Fans Nation Top 10 poll is better. Um, but <laughs> since that's not the question, um, I, I definitely think the Athlon Sports is more accurate across the board. Awesome. Uh, Lawrence, uh, do you agree with... Uh, Athlon Sports, or do you think Hero takes it this year? I disagree with Kyler. I am in Hero's Corner. Hero's Corner. Well, Elijah, you'll have to check them both out and make your own determination because we've got a split jury here. Um, myself, personally, I kind of like the predictive style, so I'd probably give Hero Sports an edge, but that can really burn you in the end. So maybe give a little edge to Hero Sports there. Next one, guys, Mr. Bruce Edmiston. He, him and I go back and forth all the time. Bruce and myself, Jacksonville State, NDSU. He gets the best of me sometimes trolling, but that's okay. He's really good at it. Bruce Edmiston wants to know, guys, which teams in the top 25 have the best chance at an undefeated regular season? So, Kyler, I'll start with you. Which teams have the best chance at an undefeated regular season based off of that top 25 and the schedules that you know of? Um... I mean, honestly, I think Lawrence hit it, you know, hit the nail on, or whatever you want to say. Um, <laughs> couldn't think of that that saying right now. But um, Kennesaw State has a really good chance. You know, I think their one tough game is is a really bad FBS game, and that's Kent, Kent State. So um, if they can pull away with that FBS win, Kennesaw State has a good chance because I just don't have faith in the, the Big South. Um, also, I would say... Jacksonville State actually, you know, probably has the second best chance to go undefeated. Um, I think Eastern will beat Jacksonville State, but Eastern's going to lose to UW, so that already takes them out of the ranking. So um, I would say, you know, if that game is pretty close, which I'm expecting it since it's at Jacksonville State, which is across the country, you know, it's in September when it's still really humid, um, home field advantage might play a part. So if I'm guessing who has the better chance to be undefeated, I would say it's going to be Kennesaw State and Jacksonville State. Um, but I don't see anyone being undefeated this year. Awesome. A little bit of chaos. Nothing better than just absolute chaos going into playoff rankings. Lawrence, what do you think about uh, Ms. Bruce's question about undefeated seasons? I agree almost entirely with Kyler. So I'm going to give two other potential options. Um, these are less likely, but... Uh, North Dakota State, correct me if I'm wrong, does not play an FBS game again this year? That is correct. No FBS for North Dakota State. Um, Their tough out-of-conference game is UC Davis, which will be a very good game, but I think NDSU wins it. So, again, I think uh, the Bison will probably lose one or two conference games this year, but I wouldn't put it past them to run the table. Also, JMU goes to Morgantown, West Virginia to play uh, the WVU Mountaineers. They lost a lot uh, over this past offseason. 
and we all know the talk has been about how much JMU brings back from last year. I think that is potentially an upset to watch out for. If JMU wins that game, they're going to have a ton of confidence and might just go all the way. Awesome. Great answers. few little things might tweak or determine how these seasons play out. So hopefully that gives you a good idea, Bruce, of which teams may make it all the way with an undefeated season, at least into the playoffs. So um, I absolutely love these next two questions. Uh, Scott Moody, um, he asked this. Scott has thrown out questions to us in the past. We appreciate you, Scott, for throwing them out to us. He goes, what preseason team ranking do you find to be the most puzzling? So which one did you look at and go, really? Whether it be a team you thought should be better or a team you thought should be really, you know, much lower on the scale. So, Lawrence, what do you think about being puzzled by a preseason ranking? Eastern Washington at number seven. Easy money for you right there. Yeah, I already went over this one uh, back at the beginning, but I just think with the amount, you know, you look at it on paper and yeah, technically they lost a lot of starters, but they had such a deep playoff run, obviously going to Frisco last year, and they were torn up with injuries, you know, the latter half of the season and into the playoffs. So even though these guys weren't technically starters at the beginning of the year, they have a ton of experience coming back. Um, that's going to serve them well. And if they aren't a semifinal team, I will be very surprised. Great. Lots of confidence there for the Eagles. Kyler, what about a puzzling ranking that you saw? So it's it's not overly puzzling. Like when I'm looking at all these rankings on both, I don't see anything that like truly jumps out is that it's just horrible and super puzzling and, and I can't figure out why they put them there. I can see reasonings for most of these. Um, you know, I, I think Lawrence Lawrence said it with Eastern at seven. I, I do think that's kind of a little bit of a puzzle, but overall I can I can see why they maybe put them there. Um, but I think the Citadel at twenty five is a little puzzling to me. Um, I know they bring back a lot of starters, I believe 17 and most of the offense. But as you guys know, I am not a big fan of the triple option. And I think the SoCon overall is getting better. So even though they only lost three, you know, SoCon games last year and they went five and six, I still, I don't know. I'm just not sold on the Citadel. Um, and it's just weird for to see them in the top 25 and also, this isn't in the top 25, but it's getting mentions and it's North Alabama. I think that is super weird. Um, and that's on the hero pool, like North Alabama. Sure. They, they had a winning season last year, but they played what five or six D two games and they lost to a D two in Campbell, the Campbell camels hump day on Wednesdays on FCS fans nation page rolled them. They steamrolled them and the humps are nowhere near the top 25. So for, so for them to even be on like the next best tier, I think it's super weird. You know, Brian McLaughlin loves the little guy. He loves pumping up uh, teams that you might overlook. I just don't see. This yeah, one. I think North Alabama is going to have a rough, rough go round. Um, even with how bad the big South is, I just, you know, you you got to somehow look at their strength of schedule. And when you play, you know, five or six D2 teams and so many, you know, Jacksonville state fans are giving them credit for, for having a winning season in their first year. It really wasn't even their first year. They were pretty much a half D2 team and a half FCS, and they lost to a D2 team. I think that paints a picture where they are just not ready for the FCS. I think within a couple of years, sure, they could be. But I, I think it's super puzzling. With their strength of schedule alone, I'm not putting them in my top 50. 
they're also not eligible for the playoffs this year, which kind of raises the same question you get with the Ivy Leagues or, uh, you know, other teams that don't go to the playoffs. Like, is it worth ranking them if you know they're not going to be there in the end? I like when people rank them because at the end of the day, they are still FCS. So like I'll rank an Ivy League. I have no problem with it, but I get why people don't like doing it. Yeah, I agree with you there. Like, I don't have any problem putting, you know, Princeton, Yale, Harvard in my, you know, in my rankings, but the question is there for sure. For sure. I think a lot of people look at that top 25 like, okay, one and two is Frisco teams, one through four semifinal, one through eight quarterfinals, all that fun stuff. Some people don't, but I think that's how most people will view it. Like, oh, we're we're better than number seven. We should be at least semis or Frisco, this and that. So um, when you throw in an Ivy League or, you know, an HBCU, sometimes that throws things off. But those teams have a lot of talent, and we've seen it before. And my puzzling one I actually have is actually North Carolina A&T. Um, they're nowhere to be found in Hero Sports, and I get that because Alcorn State brings a ton back. And uh, Fred McNair is doing a really good job head coaching there, and they should be really, really competitive. Um, they had a great season last year. So with that predictive Hero style, I totally get it. Um, they got number 25 with Athlon's poll, but you know, North Carolina A&T, I booked on them to beat JSU last year. I got that prediction right. You know, they, they have their fifth year senior quarterback back, and I know they're only bringing back like eight or nine starters, but I still think a team that has performed that well and has kind of been setting the standard the last couple of years within the HBCUs definitely deserves at least, I'm thinking, 25 to 24 consideration. So I don't mind where Athlon Sports has them because Alcron State is like that predictive supposed to be better. But I'm surprised they didn't even peek into Hero over a team like Citadel or maybe Eastern Kentucky. But you never know. We'll see what the season brings, guys. So really good puzzling answers. That that was awesome. So we'll do one final one here from FCS Fans Nation. Thanks again for everybody who submitted questions. You'll get all the other ones answered in our future podcast. Um, last one here, guys. James Dorsey wants to know, who do you think will be the dark horse of the FCS this season? Team that isn't ranked terribly high, he says, but could make it pretty far in the playoffs. I always love this question. I think this is a really fun one. So, guys, looking at that top 25, maybe in like that 17 to 25 range, what do you see of possibly as a dark horse? And I'll start with you, Lawrence. Hero or Athlon, you can use whatever poll you'd like. Um, A dark horse, 17 to 25. I'm going to call this team a dark horse, not because... Uh, like the recognition of their talent isn't there just because like not a whole lot of people are talking about them yet. I mentioned them before in the podcast, the Montana state Bobcats. They are kind of an under the radar, big sky team. It's like you think about the big sky, you think about Eastern Washington, you think about the state of Montana, you think about the Grizzlies, even though, you know, university of Montana has a few down years um that you know they're still kind of the preeminent team in the state but i really like the bobcats uh how they're looking this year i think their schedule is favorable i would not be surprised to see them quarterfinals or better awesome great pick the bobcats yeah so i'm in north dakota state last year and and they should be improving a lot with what they bring back kyler what about a dark horse for you within that top 25 so we're going to do a little bit of the Brawl of the Wild campaign, if you want. Um, Ooh. I actually like Montana at 23, and I like the potential that they have. So the last couple of years, we have seen Montana play really good one half and then kind of collapse in the last quarter 
or it's the opposite. You know, they start off super bad and then they get hot and they start smoking people at the end. Montana was, you know, just a couple quarters away from from really having a good big sky record. You know, they were one fumble on the one yard line away from beating Montana State. And I believe the game is at Montana this year. No, it could be at Montana State. I don't remember, but um, Montana State this year. Okay, sure. so it's at it's at the Bobcats. Um, but but one thing I will say about Montana is, if they can make the playoffs, they are still a dangerous team once they're in the playoffs. And I think depending on the matchups, you know, if you get a Big South team, if you get maybe um, a, a Southland team. Um, maybe like a SEMO, I think it would probably be played at Montana on that first round because Montana has the money. They'll win the bid. They'll win that game for sure. Um, especially if it's a Southern team going up to play in front of 25,000 people in the snow and cold, I, I'm going to say Montana's going to win that game. And I think they have the talent this year to go on a little bit of a run, but their schedule is a little bit tougher as well. So that's, that's where I'm kind of torn I think if they make the playoffs, they can go on a run, but it's going to be hard for them to make the playoffs because of the strength of schedule that they do have compared to last year. The only counter um, that I want to give to that argument, yeah, I agree with you that they can get in the playoffs and host and win their first round game, but we love regionalization in the FCS, and they are smack dab in the middle of Eastern Washington and North Dakota State. So a very good chance that uh, they have to go on a a tough road game for that uh, second round game. And I would not see them winning either of those games. That is very true. Yep. Great points. I like that. I like that counter, buddy. <laughs> counter punch coming in. Mine, guys, is going to be Furman. Uh, Athlon, they have a number 16. Uh, the reason for Furman is simply because Brian McLaughlin, and I literally tweeted at him today about this, He's been tweeting for like the last two, three years, like every couple weeks in the offseason. Hey, Furman grabbed this guy. He had 12 FBS offers. Hey, Furman got this guy. He's a three-star. Hey, Furman got this guy. He had 25 FCS offers and three FBS. Just insane recruits. And I click into these guys and I'm like, what is going on with Furman? They are just a recruiting hotbed right now. And they're already a young team, and you got a younger talent coming up, but you've got some experience coming back with um, Adrian Hope, FCS high 15 sacks. So you're going to have a beast on the defensive side. The real question is going to be they're going to have a new quarterback, but if you get efficient, quality quarterback play, Furman's going to be scary. So they had a share of the SoCon title last year, and I kind of I kind of like them as like that dark horse team. So Well, Furman didn't even make the playoffs last year, right? That's correct. Yeah, they, they didn't get a playoff spot. Uh, they had the share of the title, but not the auto bid. So you know. yeah, they're, the SoCon was mad about that, and I can see the arguments for it. Yeah, they, you know, the resume wasn't terrible. They were definitely right on that fringe. Um, you could have questioned things of how other teams. I mean, we can, we hindsight's twenty twenty, but I like Furman going forward. I think you can put them just on par in that Northern Iowa ranking range, which Athlon, which Athlon did. So I like them to make some noise. Maybe not win a championship this year, but. That's going to be my pick. So, um, all right, guys, we're going to roll into a little personal question for both you guys as we roll into our FCS Fans Nation Top 10 coming up. And then we'll get into a hot take t- done tonight by Mr. Kyler Neal. So, as everybody knows who follows our page and podcast, we do our own Top 10 every week. It's voted on by the fans for the fans. We cap the number of individuals that can be part of the poll per team. So, it's not overrun by NDSU fans or Eastern fans 
or Montana fans or anything. So we try to get as um, unbiased as possible, top 25 fan-made poll. And it's been pretty accurate, and it's done really well these past couple seasons. So I'm just going to ask you guys both how your go- how your polls are coming along and how you're making determinations in the top 10. So Lawrence, how's that top 10 going, and how's your technique of creating that top 10? How does it work for you? Typically, there are like two ways that people construct their polls. This is like, this is where I think teams sit right now versus this is where I think teams will finish the season. I kind of try and go with a little bit of a hybrid. Like, I guess the way I would explain is like, I like to let teams prove themselves. So like, I might think that Montana state could end up being, you know, the number seven team at the end of the year, but that's not where they're at right now. They're going to, you know, they're going to show us that in the season. So, you know, I'm going to put them at, 12 or 13 and let them show me um and then there are some where you just know like okay north dakota state's going to be up there jmu is going to be up there eastern washington is going to be up there so you go ahead and you put those guys up there so it's like 50 percent uh go with what you know and 50 percent prove it to me awesome i kind of like that mix a little bit of hybrid theory lincoln park shout out so Kyler, um, we'll go with you now. What do you? How do you form that top ten, and how's it going for you right now, buddy? Yeah, so I actually really like my top ten, um, but it's my top ten. So why wouldn't I like it? Uh, <laughs> but I, I can say I have a lot that goes into my my ranking system. So I definitely like the what have you done for me recently, as in you know the past five years. Because if you've been successful the past five years, that kind of shows you have the depth and ability to recruit. So I like looking at the past five years at least. What have they done? Then I like at looking at you know head coaching changes, quarterback changes, because I think those are the two most important positions at the FCS level. So I look at those. I look at what have you done for me recently, and then I look at starters returning, and then question marks. I think question marks is a big thing. And it's like last year, how I, I kind of explained to you guys on the podcast, there's just too much uncertainty with JMU for me to say that they are a top four team or they were going to be a semifinal team. I kind of said there, there's too many starters lost, including the quarterback. There's just not enough certainty for me to say they're going to hundred percent be a semifinal team. I think I called them out to lose in the quarters, which I was around wrong. Um, so I don't like uncertainty. So I like certainty when I'm you know doing my rankings. So those are kind of the whole aspects I look at. I know that might be a little confusing um, if you're listening to this and you go, what the hell did he just say? Um, <laughs> but but that's everything I put into my you know top 10, top 25, and on this stats poll when I'm voting. Um, so it, it definitely, I, I take a lot into it, um, which makes me like my picks. But of course, I've been wrong before. I was way wrong on Weber last year. I thought they were not going to be a playoff team or you know maybe just on the cusp because they lost a lot of their key players. But on the defensive side, they showed that they are not reliant on players. They are reliant on a new system that Jay Hill runs perfectly. So I'm not concerned about Weber going into this year. But but yeah, it's, it's a lot of uncertainty and proven depth for me. Awesome. Let's just clarify for our listeners that Kyler's opinion that he just shared on JMU was his opinion last year, not not what he thinks this year. Yes, I think there's not a lot of uncertainty with JMU this year. I think there's a lot of certainty besides at the head coaching position. 
but they have one of the best talented rosters. So, you know, JMU's in my top four. And like we said earlier in the podcast, I think they're a lock to be in the semis. I just didn't want you to get a lot of angry Duke dogs in your <laughs> inbox. And I'll fight them off. <laughs> I love it, guys. Yeah, I'm definitely more of the predictive style that Hero does. I'm going to predict ahead. And I kind of go over a like eight box checklist of question marks, just like Kyler mentioned. You know, for me, the number one one's going to be quarterback. And then I definitely go with offensive line, skill positions, front seven, secondary, head coach and coaching staff, and then along with program history slash, you know, what have you done for me lately? So checking all those checks off in the boxes, I kind of use that along with some predictive style for my top 10. And I'm excited to see what FCS Fans Nation comes up with. So um, before we get away with shameless plugs and stuff like that, guys, we are currently doing a segment at the end of every podcast called our Hot Take. Basically what it is, is what a lot of shows do. It's an individual talking about something they're passionate about, something they have their opinions on and reasons why. So I gave one last week discussing a little bit about Frisco last year in Eastern Washington. And we're going to listen tonight with Mr. Kyler Neal. He's got a great hot take for us. Uh, Mr. Kyler, it's all your, it's all yours, sir. Perfect. Yeah. Well, um, first let me say, I'm not passionate about these, this team that I'm going to talk about, but I think it's going to be a good hot take. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. If not, send me a message and say, Kyler, never take a hot take again. Um, but today I was watching the Big Sky Media Day, which I do every single year. And there was one specific team who completely turned around their Big Sky Media Day compared to last year. And I'm going to break it down compared to last year. So I'm going to be talking about Idaho, guys, the Idaho Vandals. Last year, their players came in to the Big Sky Media Day super confident cocky they thought the fcs was a joke they thought they were going to run through it they were saying we're going to get two rings a big sky championship and a national championship we're not going to really have any close games the only game we could possibly be excited about is montana because they have the same atmosphere as some of the sunbelt schools that we are used to playing you know they have a twenty-five thousand seat stadium they sell it out they're close to you they're loud that's the sunbelt they didn't seem like they were too impressed. They weren't bought in. They were FCS players, or FBS, you know, recruited players. I think they thought it was a slap in the face that Idaho moved down to the FCS. So I was not a fan of it, and I was glad that the Big Sky humbled them last year. I was absolutely happy with how the Big Sky humbled them. Idaho State whooped them. UC Davis whooped them. Eastern whooped them. Montana whooped them. And Montana State played a pretty good game with them, but they still won. So Idaho came into the league thinking that they were way better than the rest of the FCS. And the FCS showed them that the FCS is stronger than what you know a lot of the FBS narrative may think of it. This year, watching it, I loved these two Idaho players. And it actually is making me want to root for them. And, you know kind of smack their fan base around for maybe not buying into this Idaho team. So they were asked, you know, how, how, did, how did you prep for this year compared to last year? And, you know, how was, how was the talent compared to the Sun Belt? Their response was, the talent's really not that much different. You know, it's more just different schemes. You know, the Big Sky runs a lot of different schemes compared to the Sun Belt. We just have to adjust. And I think that is true. I think Idaho does have talent on their roster, and they could be a power in not too long. But the best thing I loved, because they did not talk about this at all. They were kind of making fun of all the stadiums, if you will. But they said, 
how was the atmosphere in the Big Sky compared to the Sun Belt? The player said the atmosphere was better this year in the Big Sky than it was in the Sun Belt. And I'm going to give you my reasons why. No one in the South cares about you, Idaho. They do not grow up knowing who you are. When you're traveling down to Troy, the fans are not showing up because you're Idaho. You are, you are not a rival. And now you're in the Big Sky, where you are very close to about five teams. Montana State, Montana, Eastern, Idaho State, and even Portland State. The atmosphere is better because we all grew up knowing who you were. There's a history Idaho has with the Big Sky. You guys used to be a powerhouse. You know, if the FCS playoffs was 24 teams, you guys would have been in it a majority of the time. But the FCS playoffs were a lot smaller back then, so you guys got some snubs. Um, But the best thing you guys said was Montana came down and they, they filled up our stadium. So Idaho, since they've been in the Sun Belt, haven't really experienced other teams coming to travel to them. Cause why would you travel across country for, for an Idaho game? And they said the Montana fans were amazing. They were loud. You know, it felt like a true rivalry game. Then they come up to Eastern and he, they were very, very positive things. I mean, they said very, very positive things about the Eastern game. They said it was so cool that Eastern brought in extra bleachers to support the Idaho fans. Idaho fans have never really been able to travel to their games. So now this Idaho team gets their own fans to travel to a lot of away games because they're close and other teams are coming into them. You know, they're actually being able to build true rivals. So one thing I, I do love is I think the team and the players are finally buying into this that they are FCS, and there's a lot of positives that go along with being the FCS. I just wish their fans and alumni would buy into it well because they have a lot of positive things going for them, and they are already have some of the, you know, the best resources in the FCS level, and they could be a true power if that fan base really got behind them. Um, and I think the team deserves it. And not too long, I think Idaho could be a power within the FCS level, which I hope because that would just build a great rivalry with my team, Eastern. So Idaho, your players, I completely respect everything you said today in the Big Sky Media Day. I loved it, and I hope the fans will start turning out you know, in bigger, bigger audiences because you can build these true rivalry games. And I think you will love being in the Big Sky for a while. That is my hot take. Go Idaho. Awesome, man. Kyler, couldn't... Couldn't have been said better, and that is a great way to end the show. Guys, shameless plug time. Um, FCS Football Fans Nation, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Follow any of us admins on there. Uh, Make sure that you jump onto iTunes or Anchor or any place that you're listening to this podcast and toss us a a review. Let us know what you think about the show and toss us some stars as well. We would definitely appreciate it. Guys, Thank you so much for listening. Kyler and Lawrence with top 25s coming down to our final days before the season kicks off. Do you have any last comments for us tonight? Mr. Neal? I do not. Besides, Eastern will be in the semis. Put it down as a lock. He's locking his team in. Lawrence, yourself? Uh, I want to put in a plug for our pick'em challenge. For those members that are new to our page or uh, just haven't gotten the memo yet, we host a pick'em challenge every single season. Uh, for those who are 
unfamiliar with Pick'em Challenges, the way it works is we admins choose a slate of about eight games a week. You tell us who you think will win the game. If you correctly predict that winner, you get a point. If you correct correctly pick our game of the week, you get three points. At the end of the season, the eligible participant with the most points wins half of the entrance fee pot. Uh, that would be $10 per person who wants to be eligible to win that prize. So they win 50%. The other 50% this year is going to go to a charity, which we will let the group uh, decide on. Also back for the second year, if you win our Pick'em Challenge and beat the Versus Sports Simulator, uh, Steve Pugh is going to give you a free one-year subscription to his app, Versus Sports Simulator. So you can head over to fcsfansnation.com and follow the links. To sign up for that, $10 entrance fee, and you could win a very good sum of money. Last year was about $200. Hopefully this year will be even more. Awesome, man. Awesome. Tons of competitions, tons of engagement coming up. Guys, FCS Football Fans Nation is the number one place for FCS football fans to engage, have communication, participate in pick'em challenges, participate in week- weekly polls, absolute engagement with over 10,000 fans across three platforms, including this outstanding podcast. Definitely come out and join. We hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast tonight. So that being said, guys, the top 25s are out. Our top 10s coming soon. The official one will be out as well. We look forward to one or two more podcasts in the off season and then weekly FCS football fans nation podcasts throughout the season. Gentlemen, it's been an honor speaking with you tonight. To all our listeners, enjoy the final weeks of July. Enjoy August, and we're rolling into the season, everybody. Everybody have a good one. Thanks, guys. Boom.